We have such an incredible guest today. Beyond being a very talented actor, he is both a trailblazer for mutants y Latinos in superhero movies. Yeah. <laughs> I had what was supposed to be a quick conversation yesterday about scheduling him for this interview. But the second you get to know this guest, you can see how it easily evolved into a conversation about spirituality, art, life, and man buns. It is such an honor to say we have one of the stars of the Generation X movie, Agustin Rodriguez, aka Skin. How are you, man? Hey, Skin. Oh my gosh. I just, <laughs> I just remember I was going to have that little action figure to show you. <laughs> that the toy box over here. The Toy Biz 5 inch one. Action figure. The action the action figure that someone gave me was. I'm good, Paul. It's good to see you. Good to have you. Good to be on here. Thank you so much. Can Perfect thing to do today. Well, because today's your birthday. <laughs> yes. I can't believe I am talking to Skin on his birthday to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the movie. That's wild. You, you must have been like a baby when you did this movie. Like a baby. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a movie. Yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. So, I would sing happy birthday to you, but you don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. This is this is this is the gift right here. The way everything you know was orchestrated, the way it all worked out. Like, what better thing I could, could I be doing today? I can you know, and tell everyone about it. I'm gonna be doing other stuff today, so I'll be able to like, hey, you know what I did today. You know, because I definitely <laughs> want to tell you, uh, tell them about your uh, your podcast, and uh, oh. yeah, gotta keep keep the X Men alive. Well, man, you know we've been trying to get all of you. I mean, we, you know, you and I kind of like, you know, spiraled a little bit yesterday when we were talking. So I don't want to reveal anything we talked about yesterday, but we love the Generation X movie. Tell me, what was the auditioning process like for it? How did you first hear about it? You know what? It's funny you say that. Because I told somebody yesterday in the last couple of days, I never auditioned for it. You never they auditioned seen, for it? They had seen they had seen my I did a New York undercover episode for Fox TV, right? Uh, working with with Malik Yoba, you know, uh, Michael DeLorenzo did an episode of that, and we had a blast. You know, Fredro Star from Onyx, he like beat me up like five times in the show. It was awesome. <laughs> so anyway. That's what they saw. They saw they saw my work there, and they were like, based on that, yeah, let's cast them. And I guess I don't know. It was the right. My hair was kind of like it's almost getting there. I got my COVID growth right. It's growing. It's growing. It's like see, <laughs> I'm working on my man bun here. <laughs> right. I took my man bun off because I have company today. So <laughs> wait, how, how far into the casting or production process? Were you were you casted? Were other people on board already? I don't I don't know about that. I don't know how where they were. I just know my my agent contacted me. I was I was at the gym. Here's what exactly what happened. I was at the gym down in the village, you know, and and here I am. You know, I get this uh, text. Was it a text or a page? I can't remember back then. <laughs> you probably got right. your beeper. It was a beeper, right? So I call him up, find out, and he's like, yeah, you, you've been cast. It was an email. Hey, you've been cast for this. You, you know, they, they want, and I'm just calling him up. I'm like, I, I, I don't, 
Generation X. I've never, I never auditioned for that. Doesn't sound familiar. I no clue as to what it is. I just Generation X. I'm like, I don't know what that is at the time. And, you know, and he's like, yeah. And then, you know, and, and, um, and it's the part of skin. I'm like, what is this movie about? Like, you're like <laughs> because it was so X? different. Yeah. It was so I mean, different back wait a then. Yes, yes. So, so, and I wasn't familiar with it, right? So, at the time, so here I am. I, you know, they send me the description. I'm like, oh man, this is cool. This is like, this is like a live action, special effects. I gotta go. They're gonna, they're gonna fly me to 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 Vancouver to Canada. It's awesome. It's like comic book character. I'm reading the description, and I remember coming out of the gym after finding all that out. I, I called them to make sure to clarify, and walking around in the neighborhood and just. Just, I, I was crying. I remember thanking God at that time. I was like, wow, I never auditioned. This is a gift. I never auditioned for this. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what I did. Um, yeah, that's the story. <laughs> so did you have, you know, your agents calling you, you're like, skin, Generation X, what is this? Did you have an idea about Marvel, about the, the comic books your character is based off of? Did you have a, a, a sort of an idea of the Wolverine, for example? Nothing. No, I know. I know Marvel. I know all the other characters. I never knew about Generation X. I never. I have friends that were into comics. I was not. So I was into the artwork. I was. I went to arts because I was all into that, and I, I knew about X Men. I knew about you know. I knew. I knew about Wolverine. I knew all you know the yeah. different um, world, the characters, but not necessarily that genre of X Men, the Teenage Mutants. Or, or that I was going to be a teenage mutant, <laughs> a Latino teenage mutant. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, as you probably know, when Generation X came out, it was sort of a spiritual successor to New Mutants, which was, you know, the teen book of the 80s. But Generation X, I mean, that was like, there was no comic book cooler than that. And it was because of the, the characters you had in there, Banshee. Emma Frost, Husk, but you had characters like Skin, you know, who were at the forefront for this new generation of readers. And, and you got to, I mean, the, the comic book debuted, you know, a couple, just a couple of years before you did the movie. And then yeah. now you're, you're doing the movie for Fox and you're one of the first Latinos to portray a superhero on television. What? What was that trailblazing like for you? That well, I, I didn't, I didn't. All that didn't compute. Remember, I wasn't familiar with it, so yeah. here I was, kind of. I was. It was just little unfolding for me. I was learning little by little as I went. As I, you know, as they gave me, they sent me the packet of you know the script and and like four comics right in the plastic. I still have. I still have my here. It's like everything nice and like. Uh, pristine and me so I would get to know basically my research so I would kind of get to know be familiar I'm like oh this is really cool and I saw you know skin it was like gray and kind of like I'm holding my arms he's like you know his fingers all stretched out I'm like okay so do I gotta look like this like monster I didn't know the whole the whole thing so little by little I got I got it called kind of it was all unfurling for me um and and that's what it was. It was discoveries I was doing. I thought, wow, I just, it, it became, I was so proud. I was so happy because, and I have to say this, because at that time, right in the nineties, like I had played a lot of gangsters, a lot of bad guys, a lot of different, uh, but here I am playing a Latino superhero, 
Yeah. Like, right here I am playing something so positive and where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm part, it's the normal thing. You see my family depicted in there and the relationships and I'm speaking Spanish a couple times. And it's just, it's not that I'm a, I'm this, I don't know. It wasn't stereotypical. It wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't typecast. I, so I agree that's wholeheartedly so, with you. Yeah, I was so proud of that. I felt so encouraged by that, you know? Yeah. yeah. You, soy Cubano. I grew up, my uh, mom had a, had a casita on Calle Ocho down in Miami. I grew up in Miami. Calle Ocho, yeah, yeah. My Spanish. father lives down there. Lives oh, really? There right now, yeah. Oh, man. Well, I grew up there. Spanish was my first language. It, and, and when you're that young, I didn't think the rest of the world wasn't Latino. I thought Spanish was everyone's first language. <laughs> I, I mean, again, like I had me cafe con leche, you know, and my abuela will make me gado vegetal. We'd be watching, yeah. you know, Telemundo. So when I saw you, it was the first time that I was like, wait a minute. There is a narrative that mirrors my own because when you go off to the Massachusetts Academy and you have like the entire familia there, it just reminded me of like my first day of pre-K. Me primos were there, me abuelos, me tia, she was giving me besitos y todo esto. And I just, I, I resonated with that. And I agree wow. with you. Bro, what a nice send off. Bro, <laughs> it wasn't a stereotype. It wasn't a stereotype. I mean, 90s narratives yeah. age the way they do. But at the time, that was not stereo. You were breaking the mold. Yeah. Families are close. Our families are, are close. We all, you know, take care of each other and just, yeah, yeah. How do That's you think, movie. how do you think Latino representation has changed since you did that movie in Hollywood and in other medias? That's a big question. <laughs> well, now you see a lot more. I, I see, I see a lot more uh, representation. I see Latinos all over, you know, it's not, um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud when I see when I see different, you know, Rosie Perez and, you know, A-Rod, right? Sports, J-Lo, you see people all over. I was, I'll tell you, recently, you know, at the inauguration, hearing her sing, as soon as she started to sing, it just like had a tear. That went, I was not planning that. I didn't know I was going to be so proud. Like, yes, like this is hello, it's 2021, like, we are all a melting pot. Weren't we on a melting pot from the beginning? Like, yeah. that, isn't that how America came came to be? I, I so, agree. What I have seen in Hollywood is, yeah, just a lot more representation in different, different areas, different, you know, modern family, you see. And, and just, um, just the reality of how mixed our world is, where people will be speaking Spanglish or just... It just, it feels very, right? You know, yeah. it feels very real. It, it, it's like, that's that's the way life is. So uh, I, I think it's been really, in my opinion, it's been rather slow. And here's why, because back in 96, 98, <laughs> 90, when that thing was, when it first came out, when, when we did Generation X, you know, during that time, oh, this is the, this is the, this is the era of the Latino. And they've said that every few words. This is the area of the area of the Latino. This is the time when people are gonna and, and it's been just kind of eking forth, you know. And I'm grateful. Um, but you know, you would think since like Ricky Ricardo back in 1950. <laughs> I agree. That's what threw me <laughs> off. I, I would watch Nick at night, <laughs> and I would I would be like, oh, Ricky is Escuano, and and he speaks Spanish, and he's 
embraced his heritage. I did not see myself growing up as a minority, not to, not to delve too deep into this conversation. So that's why when I see someone like skin, I can appreciate what that did for my perspective growing up. It was the first time I saw a superhero who was Latino and also mutant. He occupied two very different things. And that idea helped me as I grew up. And, and I went to school at Tallahassee, which is, you know, in Florida, but it's not Miami. And I was able to rectify, you know, certain narratives in my head. Yeah, Miami's a whole different world <laughs> in itself. I love Miami. I love it. I love because I feel like I'm I'm walking around, it's you know, palm trees and it feels nice and, and <laughs> tropical and food. Right? In Little Havana, it's like that's where my father lives. I'm like, I'm like, this is you know, it's like you're in the tropics somewhere. Yo, man, little awesome. Havana. Life, right? And flavor, right? Music and so, but yeah, as far as what I have seen, in, in my opinion, it's just only my, every, we all have our own lens. We all have our own way of seeing things. Some people think, wow, this is amazing. Wow, this has gone so much. Some people are like, wow, it's, it's been a minute. And because I would still, you know, it's, it's changed this way, right? I'll tell you this, like, give you an example. 10 years ago, auditioning in Hollywood, I was starting to get a lot more roles and audition, really get callback uh, for, for the cop, for a lawyer, for instead of being like, you know, running from the cops, because I did a lot of those. <laughs> I did, I've guest starred on, uh, I've been on four episodes of Law and Order, guest starred on three of them, you know, and all three, it's like, I'm like, you know, the suspect, right? <laughs> I'm the exactly. main suspect and they're following my story and they're like, did he do it? Did he not yeah. do it? You know, I got a scar on my face, all this stuff. So, um, so it, it's it's come a long way from that. Like ten, 10 years ago, I was just do, doing less of that. And I was auditioning for more like roles in a suit, which I feel good. I'm like, yeah, this is like, hey, I can, I'm articulate. Hello. I've done a lot of bad guys from playing Falling Down with Michael Douglas. You know, you look <laughs> that up. And, yeah. I don't know if you ever saw that scene. You know, here I am like, I tell people, yeah, you remember that scene? You know, the guy takes out the knife yeah that was me <laughs> wait what can can i can i segue really quickly because jeremy yeah. told us a similar story about working with clint eastwood so i'm curious what was it like for you to work with michael douglas wow he worked with i gotta talk to jeremy man clint eastwood <laughs> how cool no michael douglas gosh uh amazing to really watch him again it was it was falling down the film that i worked on with him and and by the way the film that took me to los angeles the, the feature film I was cast in that brought me, flew me out there from New York was Final Analysis. I got to meet Richard Gere, Kim Basinger, Uma Thurman, uh, Eric God. Roberts. Yes, Keith yeah. David, so amazing. But working with Michael Douglas, when I worked with him, you know, he had to, he had a very, if you remember the film, he had to really be insular. You know, we had to stay focused. He's, he's, playing, he's playing the bad guy, mm -hmm. right? And I always tell people like, yeah, I was a better guy than him in the movie because <laughs> I like getting his face and he was so focused. It was such an honor to work with someone, a legendary actor like him. Here we are rehearsing, you know, all the cameras are still around and I'm, and he's like, I'm feeling he's truly genuinely terrified. Like he was doing his work, his inner work. So here I am just observing, observing and watching and watching his, and working with him, staying in the moment, staying in my character but observing like, wow, like really, um, it, was, it was nice. He was friendly, you know, introduced himself to me when we first met. And, uh, 
I mean, it was an honor. I got, look, Joel Schumacher was our director in that. Yeah. Joel Schumacher, yes. Yes. So, Batman and Robin. And oh, Batman by the way, I got to put this, I, I, I got to slip this in here because, okay, Joel Schumacher directed Batman and Robin, right? Remember? Yeah. yeah, of course. Before that was cast, before it came, I auditioned for the part of Robin. So they had considered, listen to this, this is, I would have loved it. They were considering creating Robin and making him like a revolutionary type, like either black or Latino um, and make him like a, like a, you know, power to the people kind of like revolutionary type, which I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I auditioned for the part of Robin. But Robin for- and later on, you know, it changed and all that. But- so for, for Batman forever, you auditioned for Robin that, I, my mind is blown. I think you would have killed it as Robin. Right. Talk about Latino super, super Latino superheroes. So, but I get, you know, when, how it went and I don't hold, I don't, I have to say this, right? Because again, we can all choose how we look at it. We can. It's not like, oh, it's just one way. Oh, Latinos just, uh, Hollywood is just racist. Hollywood is just, I don't do that. I don't paint the brush with like uh, the world, this world and the world of, 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 of uh, you know, entertainment is just a microcosm of what we live in. And they have a lot of things to consider, you know, their, 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 um, their demographics, their whatever, whatever they do, that, that's all that, right? But um, so I don't feel cynical. I don't feel, you know, like, I don't feel that way. I, I feel like, like, it just is what it is. And in fact, you know what? I'm grateful for that. Why? Because it has spurred me on to, I, I got to, it was about 10 years ago, where I got the chance to direct and produce my own film. So incredible. Because doors, are, yeah, so if doors are limited or not open or it takes, it's like, you don't have to wait for the doors. Hello. You can create <laughs> your own doors. Yeah. You can create your own opportunities. So it's like, I've been able, you know, to do that. You know, I'm working with a, with a production group right now, and we've produced like a bunch of things during the six months in, in, during COVID, during quarantine, right? So you create your opportunities, create the doors, create. So that's how I feel. So as far as like, and they don't have to be, I can play someone with an English accent. I don't, I don't have to wait, you know, and because we see that in England, you see people that look like me, you know, or, or different, you know, Asian with an English, with an English, that's reality. Yeah. So we can depict reality. So we don't have to wait for, I, I want to do a Tyler Perry. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, what I want to do. That's I just, what I am doing. I just love what you said just now because I think this. And, and by the way, listeners, now you can understand why a very simple conversation yesterday spiraled into something so great. And it's all, man, it's all you and the energy you emanate, man. It's people can create their own spaces to have conversations. You no longer need to get into the room. And Amber Tamblyn, who is an author and an actress, was talking about how she was so desperately trying to get into a room to have a conversation. And now she's like, no, I can make the room. And it's, it's so powerful when you have that in you. But I don't want to digress because I have so many Generation X questions for you. Oh, go for it, go for okay. it. So, Speaking of like the lens and oh yeah, oh my god! Wait, Is I don't want to talk. I don't know if it's backwards. Like, no, wait, wait, Russell's hang on. on my right. The glare is there. Let's let's right. Oh, the glare. Right. Wait, wait, we're we're not getting you in there. Hang on, right there. There I am. Let me get over here. 
So we can get you can do a screenshot <laughs> or like whatever. Like, oh yeah. my! How did you get that post? Is that poster still around, or is that an original? My arm does that. Yeah, that that came out. Gosh, this came out. Um, gosh, it says '96, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, you're 25 years. It's 25 years this month. It's uh. I forgot they gave us, they gave us a few and I was just like, oh, how cool. And then my, at the time, my roommate, man, he was kind enough to have this framed for me. And I got another a couple other posters like scroll, rolled up in the closet there. But um, yeah. So what? So, and then you occasionally know, I'll go into, I go to a comic book shop and I'll look up and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like, not the poster. I'll see like a VHS copy or a DVD, you know, a bootleg. Like, <laughs> I'm like, whatever. It, it's it was still encouraging to see that up there like it is what it is you know well that's um, how that's how yeah. i got i watched the movie obviously as a kid i recorded it on my you know vhs and then of course i lost it but the way i, I came back to it was when i moved to new york and there were certain stores that sold bootlegs and they had a generation x one and i got it and now of course it's on youtube and i feel like a whole new generation of people are, are able to discover it but my question for you is you and Heather, Jubilee and Skin, are the lens in which like, the audience gets introduced to the mutants and, and, and the Massachusetts Academy and Emma and, and, and Banshee. So what was it like working with Heather? How did you guys go about establishing that, that rapport? Because the narrative is very much you two. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh... see, see, that's a whole other thing. Let me, let me say this. I, I got to mention this, how... I never auditioned for it. And then here I am casting it. And as I read through it, I'm not, I'm not thinking, oh, how many lines do I have? I'm not thinking. I'm just thinking, let me do my, the best that I can. Let me do my best work and, you know, and, and play nice with everybody and just be part of the group. I didn't know it was going to be all following our story, you know, as we're like uh, enlisted, captured, <laughs> enlisted into the into training as mutants. Like we're kind of and, and, and uh Work Heather's awesome. It was so much fun. Such a sweetheart. Love Heather. Love, you know, definitely. And we got to do Paul. We got to do a definite a little reunion panel. Like that was all <laughs> together, man. That, that oh, was awesome. that was three or four of us. Believe me, get. believe me, man. Yes. You know this. That's listeners. Let's do that. That's all we awesome. can say is stay tuned. <laughs> but and that so, way, you know, Marvel can see that we. Yes, this is the next feature. You know, it's like, where are they now? <laughs> What's, what, was the, what was that first day on set then? Like, when did you first start meeting everyone? Let me see. We, I first got there, there was fittings. Oh, wait, you had, you, you had fittings? What did they fit you for? Was there, was it just the, the clothes we saw on screen or did you get fitted? For yeah, on screen. Else? Yeah, on screen. All the like, so t-shirts, the black, the green jacket, that green jacket that was kind of like, so I was like, yeah, yeah. that kind of looks good. But I was, it was almost, it was almost like I was, uh, you're very much a part of the creative process, you know, because you're, you're wearing stuff. What feels right on you? What do you think skin would wear? Like they would ask me that, which I'm glad. And uh, cause there was a bunch of other, you know, and that, so that was very much a part of it. I think I remember seeing that and we kind of just, yeah, we kind of all agreed that, like, yeah, this feels right. Like I feel right. This feels like it's, a, it's for the character. Cause I'd done my homework up to that point. Yeah. Um, so there were fittings. Then we had, um, I'm trying to remember, we had, did we have rehearsals? It was for the first few days, just getting your clothes, getting ready. Uh, and then you do a few, 
I can't remember. It was it's TV, so it goes pretty quick. It's not okay. like you go in a room and read through the whole. You know, I think we had a re- read through, and then we did a we did a whole thing. Um, okay. Oh, we just shot it. It's been a while. You. Wow. No, no, dude. <laughs> if someone asked me something about twenty five years ago, I'd be like, ah. Uh, no, well, you- usually, yeah. Well, I was five years old at the time. No. <laughs> so, 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 but, but here's the thing with film. Normally, a feature film. This was TV. Mm-hmm. Feature film, you go, you have time to rehearse. You get on set with Michael Douglas, for example. Get on set, you kind of run through everyone's in their robe or in their coffee or whatever, just not really dressed. As you're kind of, you're, you mark it out for, for camera, for the director, like what would feel. And then, you know, the camera works around you and the director, whatever the director sees, as he's, you know. So that's pretty much what we do in, um, with TV, except it goes pretty quickly because it is television. So... And even though it was a film, it wasn't episodic TV series. When I did, you know, Law and Order, it's like it goes really quick. You just kind of walk through it one time. Okay, let's oh, we, and let's just shoot the rehearsal. Like you just go, go, go. So that's how fast it went. Pretty fast. However, we were there in Canada like six weeks. You know, there was special effects. There was like all this cool stuff I got to do. Uh, he almost tore my arm off when they were casting Wait, my arm. <laughs> how do they cast, how do they cast your arm? And I thought so that was all CG. It, I thought it was all CG. They actually had to like cast a combination it. of both. A combination of both. They would have they 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 put you in this long tube. They fill it with with uh, with silicone. You know that to make a rubber arm to kind of make a cast of your. What did they use they use some kind of silicone something, and then they you know they grease up your arm. You do that, but then as they as they're pulling my arm out. I'm feeling all the blood being, it's kind of like a cup, like, like mm-hmm. all the blood is filling in my hand and like, I'm like, ah, like I was in pain. So, um, so yeah, it was painful. They had to gently, had to gently kind of like squeak, you know, wiggle and shimmy my arm out of this tube where they cast it. Uh, that happened. They cast my chest because you know part of the one of the of scenes. The guy like, yeah, skin, and he grabbed my skin and he kind of go, Bing! Oh, <laughs> right? They're messing with me, right? So, so they they cast my my chest. They cast what did they cast else? Both my hands because they okay. were different. The football scene, right? When there's yeah. like ah, stretching. Uh, Wait, can we talk about was- the football scene? Because <laughs> yeah. I believe Heather and Randall told us that that was such a fun scene to film, but that there was also like peacock poop, peacock poop or, or something like that. <laughs> but was there some yes, kind of, yes, that yes. and what was that like? Uh, okay. So here we are on, on Victoria, Vancouver Island with this, like with that mansion. Where they, they shoot, where they shot X-Men, set. the movie as well. Yes. That's that. That's where they. That's where they. It's the actual like they found that this really existing mansion. You know that that was it. So anyway, um, but they're all these very tropical, very nice, very cool. But but it's uh, you have all these wild peacocks that just kind of instead of birds or pigeons, they kind of so there was all on the grass. We had to like run and catch the ball or fall into the grass. So I had like. I was falling to poop like the whole time. <laughs> I'm used to that. That's okay. I, I did this other. You're an actor. This other, this other TV thing. Like, where, where, yeah, I'm like involved. There was like dog poop. Like all, anyway, but for this one, yeah, I'm falling into like and it's and it's all green and it's like and you you know 
Uh, it doesn't smell like regular poop because they're vegetarian. They just have like green. So anyway, it's very healthy poop. But anyway, here we are falling into this poop, uh, scene after scene after scene. I'm just like, whoa, they had to change my pants. And, and or they, we would rehearse up until so point. Okay, try not to fall here because we want to save the, the wardrobe. We only have certain limited wardrobe. Um, but that's, that's what it was. That was the reality. That, that was part of it. Here's the other part. Maybe they didn't mention. Maybe they did. I didn't grow up very athletic, like kids. <laughs> I didn't play, right. I didn't play football, baseball, basketball. I just like to throw myself at the things. And later on, I got athletic and, and active as yeah. a team. But but as a kid, so when it came to like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just throw. They throw this football across the across the little grassy the field, and I catch it. And then I run, and the guy tackles me. No problem. I, it took me a few times until I caught that ball. I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and it's like, they're like, they're like, you know what? We could cheat it in. We could just toss it to you. I was like, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> of I'm course. Praying in my head the whole time. I'm serious. I'm like, God, help me. <laughs> Bring me victory. Help me. To, I got to do this. I got to do it. I got to get it done. Like, I want to make it excellent. I want to really, you know, and people around and just like, it's money. It costs money when you have to do stuff over. No, you know, you see the cast and the crew, they're, they're doing their thing, they're doing their jobs, but they're just kind of like, okay, let's do it again. And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm like, man. So that's what happened. That was the reality. I had a tough time just catching the ball. But, you know, and one of the few times, one of the two two times or three times I finally caught it, boom, it was the, it was the, it was yes. the take. Yeah, it was the take. They went, went with it, you know, I'm tearing off and they're like, tackle me we do the whole thing we have a lot of fun but that's yeah poop and <laughs> and multiple takes for the football so heather mentioned that Fanola was sort of her mentor big sister on set did you have a big brother or big sister on set did jeremy offer you any advice you did a lot of scenes with matt or was Fanola like your big sister i, I want to hear what it was like to work with all three of them but let's my my, sure, my, my sure, the wheels yeah. are spinning in my head <laughs> yes 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 uh you know what we had we had hangout time all together offset you know oh i heard about burger king i heard about burger king i'm trying to remember what what yeah when you <laughs> what wait what did you hear about burger king i'll tell you who, who the well, well jeremy was telling us that there was a day when all of you were talking about going out to dinner and maybe you guys wanted to go Burger King or, or some other, you know, place. And Fanola and Jeremy were like, you were going to let the kids do this and we're going to go have sushi. <laughs> and that you guys, and, and then, oh, I didn't you know, have... and the hotel you stayed at was just very fun. Apparently I'm forgetting what was the name of the hotel? Like every actor and actress yeah. stayed there during the nineties. I do not remember. I do not remember what, what even the hotel looked. It was. It was. I remember we were. In a, I was in a nice room. Mm -hmm. I do remember that. Um, of course, it was. It was Fox. I, remember, well, see, I don't remember if it was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if it was that. If it was that or another project where they put me up in this room, like in the corner with a couch overlooking, like the wall, you know, scenery. Um, but yeah, no, it, our our time and. And we hung out afterwards, like the cast I hung out with. We went out to like a nightclub. I like to dance. So we went out <laughs> so We went out with, with friends of mine from, I, I got to uh, certain friends in Canada that I knew. So with them and we hung out like, yeah, we went out to a club to like dance. To, like, you know, that's what we did. At I one love point, that. We, yeah. So and, 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 you know, rented, uh, I remember 
rented bikes. Was it that time or yeah, twice I went to Vancouver to shoot an episode of Street Justice. This is a, with Carl Weathers. Remember, you know Apollo from from Rocky, Rocky yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked with Carl Weathers on this uh, TV show, TV show called Street Justice, and short-lived, you know, you know, series. And uh, so that was my time going to Vancouver and then doing Generation X. Generation X, we were there for six weeks, man. It was a blast. Oh so beautiful. How, oh, it was beautiful. beautiful. How was it? So tell me, how was it like working with Jeremy? Yes. So it was awesome. We had a great time. He's a cool guy. He has so much cool energy. When we interviewed him, he had so much energy. And he could, he could yes. switch the accents and and his approach, yes. even within there, it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And I, we were just like, whoa, man. So talented, so talented. And we just down to earth. We really respected each other. We had good, you know, good chemistry. All of us, we got along really well. Um, Jeremy's awesome. We had, as far as a big brother, I didn't really have, I tried to learn from everyone around me. I had scenes, you know, with Matt, for you know max headroom man. <laughs> like, oh, i so that scene with matt man when he you know he he's already captured skin and he's here like i want to give you a haircut <laughs> How was, <laughs> i don't want to kill you it's so terribly taste tasteless i mean i can't i do impressions of him all the time <laughs> i remember all of them like because that was an education right there because i was just it was just I had to stay focused and stay in character, like to be who I was, like this confused kid as he's going like, eh, so uh, how would you, what about your honey skinned honey? How would you like that? <laughs> Homeboy, you know, he did his whole, I mean, I would do him all the time now watching the movie, but I really learned a lot from working with him. He was just totally immersed. Of course. Like he was like, and not, not to, everyone's doing their own thing. He's not, I, I don't want to say, oh, kind of like, reminiscent of a Jim Carrey, but like meaning that type of energy and creativity, yeah. like he's incredible and amazing. Matt is just, I mean, I was, he was just so creative. He had so much fun. When someone does that, they allow you to have fun, to stay focused. Now, again, my our, our skin was not that type of character. Like that kind of just went off like a, like a, a Robin Williams, you know, just kind of just riff on yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, which again, Matt is just a master. So working with a master, you just go, whoa, we have so wow. much support. And uh, he was very, very nice, very humble man, really just, you know, cares about people, about the environment. And so really getting to know, I like to know people. I can tell that. Sometimes you meet folks and it's a little disappointing, right? You just go like, wow, that person seems so nice. Or like, man, I really admire this person. And then they kind of don't, Treat you so nice. Some people don't play nice with others. So no. <laughs> and you find that out in Hollywood, right? You just go, wow, that's kind of, man. But but it was not that, that was not my experience, you know, working on this set. Everybody was super cool. We had a blast. Um, everybody, like, I mean, Jeremy, you know, Randall, Heather, yeah. Suzanne, like, it was just a black, Amaryllis, like, it, we had a we had a great time. We really bonded. That so when we came down, when we got down and we were fighting, like you know, in the scenes, we were like fighting for each other. Like, yeah, come on, let's bring it. Like it was real. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do want to ask specifically about Fanola because Emma Frost, White Queen, is such a huge comic book character, it, especially now. I mean, 
She is so incredibly popular. What was it like meeting Fanola, seeing her in the costume and, and her overall vibe on set? Just tell me every, I'm bouncing off of her. I just, I just want to hear it. Well, she's beautiful, first of all, right? Oh, yeah. Like beautiful, classy yes. lady, oh, like just yeah. super, just classy. It was just such a, okay, I, here's the thing. We all grew up with different, like, Watching like little glimpses. No, no, actually, I didn't watch little glimpses. I watched a lot of all my children, right? So there was a lot of so growing up. Boy, watching the different soap operas throughout the day. You know, in the summertime when you're like, I was all into TV, into drama. Like, unlike other kids. So I remember her. I remember her. Seeing, yeah. seeing her. You know, like from from soap operas. From like, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like I'm meeting, you know, meeting and get to getting to work with her. Uh, so that that was just a big thrill and a big honor and again we just when you're doing when you're acting you're so focused on in the moment you're it's kind of like playing ball playing cat except i knew how to catch better <laughs> when it came to acting right we could like you you just you're in the you're focused at, on your part in your character and working off of people um she's an amazing actress she's amazing she so so it's it's really it, it makes it so much fun. You learn by working with people like that. Yeah. You learn just by that experience. Yeah. So when you were filming and going through your scenes and you're starting to pace everything together, did anyone from Marvel ever sit down and sort of walk you through the process on everything? Because And the reason why I asked this is because when I rewatched the movie recently, something that I feel was evident for me back then, but like I, I sort of can now piece it together. They were setting up a much larger relationship with you and Heather's characters. It seemed yeah. like Skin and Jubilee would eventually, the way I took it, would yeah. eventually come together as a couple. Did you, am I over reading that in the script? <laughs> it's funny. I never, I, you know, I didn't, I never saw it that way. I saw it like we were just like, like we became buddies, we became, because here we were experiencing this whole thing together, both kind of like a little trepidatious and scared what's going on, it's kind of new, right? We're all scooped up in the middle of the night and we're like getting to know each other. And and then um, and then here we are going through the training and, and then, you know, doing different scenes together. So we're experiencing that together as you do, you know, you click and you bond with people and you just become buddies. And it felt like that, it totally felt like that, like, like, uh, like, I don't, I don't know if I say brother and sister, but more like when you have really like, wow, you have a really great best friend yeah. who happens to be a girl. Like oh, that's what it was. It felt like that. If it, 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 I that love was that. the experience. Yeah. I love that approach far better than, than eventually becoming a couple. But I'm just thinking of this in the context of nineties television and why they would, I, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I love the Scully and Mulder approach where it's here, are your two leads and they're best buddies. And, and that's the extent of it. But it was, it was a TV movie. It was on right. Fox. And there was an expectation for the two young teen characters to eventually, you know, I don't want to say hook up, but like come together as, right, a, right, right. Be as like, a couple. Hey. And I was just curious if you saw that in the script or if you had that direction from your director. No, no it was all just like, we're just, again, I think Heather, you know, She's so, she's just so cool. Just a cool girl, just easygoing, just fun. So it, it was effortless almost. Like, I mean, there were scenes that I had to work to, to do my part as far as the dramatics, as far as 
putting on the layers of what's going on, if I'm scared, if I'm terrified, if, you know, whatever's going on. But aside from that, just even off camera, it's just this working together felt it was just a lot of fun. And there was no, um, yeah, no, there was none of that really that I read in the script or, or direction. Was, was yeah. anyone from Marvel on set kind of guiding the process or guiding you? Um, I'm trying to remember because I, I keep forgetting. Did anybody mention um, Stanley? Did anybody? Oh, that, mention that's my next question. That's my next question. Because I'm trying to remember carefully. I'm like, did, did, I'm trying to. I, I I, we've gotten I'm, multiple responses to it, and 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 let me. Like what? Me, Tell me the response. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Heather said she met him. Yeah. Either it, it was either he came on set one day or yes. it was like at the wrap up party. Jeremy did not meet him. He, he only met him years later when he accidentally bumped into him. Randall was like, I must not have been there the day Stanley was on set. So my, my impression is maybe he kind of like popped in, you know, it at, at like, a yes, time. it was like a vague memory where I'm like, I think I remember because I, I remember being there and 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 Matt, right? Matt, Matt um, uh, Brewer, you know, played Russell Trash. He, he, he was like, wow, there he is. There's the man, the creator of Spider-Man. Like, and I remember what, and he came in and kind of just, it's not like I met him, but he was just there and, and, and kind of watching part of it. And I remember just, just taking in that moment, like, whoa, like, this is crazy that I am hey. here experiencing this. Like, Spider-Man is one of my favorite characters. Like, I am Spider-Man. I want to be Spider-Man. I grew up in New York. Like that, you know what I mean? So for me, that's one of my, anyway. You would have been a, <laughs> you would have been a phenomenal Spider-Man. I still can be. Yeah. You put in a good word for me. <laughs> I will. I, I, don't worry. I'm, I'm going to put in a good I'm word. I'm staying I, fit, man. I'm taking bro, care of myself, I, man. I'm bro, sick, I'm looking you know? at, you. dude, you, it, it's incredible. And I say this about so many people, like you look better now. You look younger and more strong now than probably when I, I saw you in the 96. <laughs> I think that about myself as well. When I look back in my twenties, I'm like, what I look, I feel better now. And I think yeah. because of your overall yeah. attitude and your energy, people can grow and be better than they were before physically, spiritually, and mentally. And I think you're just, you encompass that you're emblematic of that. Oh, thanks. But I got to ask you, I got to ask you, Okay, ask me. how do you do a scene, how do you do a scene with Stan Lee there? I, I, I'm an auctioneer. I, I'm used to being in a, a crowd, but if Stan Lee were there, I couldn't. I, I think, yeah, it's funny. So, so I, I, what it was, was in between scenes. I think when he had passed through and he was kind of like, so he might've been there watching when I didn't know he was, I, I, I don't remember that. I don't recall that. But I do recall that again that that moment with with um, with Matt, you know, saying that like I'm just like wow. First of all, I'm, I'm conscious that I'm out here talking, just chatting with like Max Headroom. I'm like wow, <laughs> you know, like and and you know, just a cool guy. He made it very easy. But I remember that moment, and that's kind of looking in. I think Stanley was looking at a magazine or a, a, a script or just just kind of watching, just kind of hanging back, like like someone just watching. Like somebody's grandfather getting on set, just kind of quietly sitting and watch, like, you know, very, very, uh, you know, not, 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 not viewable. And, and I, we were just conscious of who he was, you know? Um, but yeah, that was just, 
that was just amazing. No, if it, if, it, if I knew that would probably affect me. Yeah, if I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> you're like, I can't prefer, I, I can't do this scene if Stanley's here. Let, let me tell you what happened once. I, I got this little insert. Yeah, I'm doing a play down in Alphabet City in New York, right? Like at the kitchen. Like I'm doing this play. I have this 20 minute monologue where I'm in a prison cell. And I, I tell you, blame bad guys. And I'm doing 20 minutes monologue. Right before we go on, first of all, I'm doing some of my best work. I feel like I'm in the zone. Yeah. Right before we come on, right, we start. One of our cast members, I don't know what he was thinking. He comes in, he looks, he goes, oh, my gosh. You know who's in the, who's in the audience? Willem Dafoe. <laughs> well, speaking of Spider-Man. And I'm, right, right. Green Goblin. Speaking of, and I'm like, obviously, this is before Green Goblin. You know, but I'm just like, and I'm like, Looking at him like, why? Like, what the heck is you idiot? What is wrong with like? Yeah. So the whole time I'm doing my monologue out there, it was like probably the worst one because I was like half, I think 80% of the time I was so self-conscious that Willem Dafoe is watching me right now as I'm saying these words. Oh my gosh. It was just like that totally that totally messed me up. It wouldn't mess me up today. Today yeah. I would know, I know how to let me just, you know, put on the put on skin, put on the skin, feel whatever character I'm in. Yeah. Know, put on that character and be it no matter what stay focused stay laser of course uh, but but it's a but rite of passage time, man it's a rite of passage yeah. you were yeah, 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 yeah. you have to get you have to get in your head you have to sort of rise above that that's a whole you see how that worked in wow i didn't I never, <laughs> I never <laughs> thought about that i was never i was never conscious of that i mean i know you know i remember the movie but so anyway, yeah yeah so okay so stanley's on set you know, you have this great rapport with Heather going on. When you look at the movie yeah. now, is there a scene in particular where you're like, I'm proud of that? That's that's a scene that I am so proud is out there. Wow, that's a good question. I never thought about that. I, um, I, I do have my favorite scene on, on your on your behalf that I just felt an sure. immense amount of pride, which was okay, okay. And I'm sorry to 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 answer. No, 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 go for, for it. Go for it. I'm curious. I, I love the scene at the end where everyone thinks you died and they're like, oh, we have to kind of like go back. And and then you came back and it's off the heels that you did not let Emma Frost, you know, Finola Hughes sacrifice themselves because you understood that your power was the one that can help stop Russell. And you sacrificed yourself for that. And I'm just so proud, you know, speaking to what you just said about Latinos being represented as criminals. And here is a selfless character taking, yeah. you know, taking down the bad guy. And then at the end, it's like, oh, no, he's alive. You know what I mean? Right. Spoiler alert. If anybody's watching this, they haven't seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, 25 years too late to the game. here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just... I feel even watching it now, I, I feel, and, and, and again, this, it wasn't at the time. I, I, I felt the plot at the time, but I didn't feel seeing you actually doing it. Now I feel it in my bones. You know what um, I mean? That that narrative is out there and people can see that. And where, and where, and what was yeah. a very trailblazing representation and role? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, that, I'm, I'm Oh, it's good to know. I'm glad to, I want to know that. I want to, it's good to know from other people looking in, like what hit them? What, yeah. that's what art is. It's like, what is your experience? You know, it may, and, and movies are supposed to move you. So um, yeah, yeah, that, that was a, 
I think doing that meant a lot to me because here I am in the scene depicting like, and I have to put myself there, my whole heart and soul into like, like yeah. we're not doing this, like not on my watch. Like I know what to do and I, you know, totally grab it. Right. And I'm, 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 I, I just encompass wrap up the evil one and throw <laughs> myself into the abyss with it. Like that's, Obviously, with that's 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 deep meaning. Me being being a Christian and believing that, believing in, in the existence of evil in the spiritual realm, and yeah. and you know, so for me, it had such a deep meaning. I took everything very deep. For example, uh, Matt is threatening my little sister. Yeah. Now you know, being in a Latino family, you right exactly. I don't have I, to say anything, listeners. Like, I, am, I am nodding my head. You don't do that. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know in particular, there's this tightness when it comes to the family and your younger sibling and like the yeah. responsibility and you imbuing them with, 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 with a sense of safety. And yeah, yeah that's the other one. He wanted exactly. to your sister. Absolutely. So not. I don't have to say anything. You know how I felt being, being, you know, I was playing a Latino. I am Latino. Hello. So here I am yeah. <laughs> protecting my little sister and being like, you know, who's, who's being threatened in a certain way. I'm just like, are you kidding? So that scene really, it all simmered inside of me, you know, as far as uh, when he's doing that, I'm like, you stay away from her. You know? I'm like, I'm a jack and I'm like thinking murderous thoughts. I'm going to jack you up, man. <laughs> so, 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 and, and that frustration and that been like, okay, I'll do what you say. I'll do whatever. So I don't know. That scene stands out to me, because, I guess, because personally, like how it hit me personally, I had to really draw up a lot of like real life. Emotions. Like I'm really feeling that I'm really, I'm not trying to act or pretend like, like I'm really protecting my family here. Like stay away. I'm going to jack you up. So, <laughs> um, so gosh, I don't know any particular scene that stood out where I was just, we had, so, gosh, we had so much fun. Right. I mean, the, the, the uh, everyone the, uh, has said that, you know, the love and, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we, the, the, we all that, <laughs> that opening scene with Fanola and Jeremy, <laughs> oh right oh right that's right and then buff and and uh buff and and uh, oh my god i'm forgetting randall's character's name uh buff and refrax the scene uh, with buff and refrax my god that was so my question there was a lot of stuff that was set up did you have the inclination that this was going to be more than just a tv movie they they did there was talk about like like oh wow this what if this became a series what if this became um i'm glad you brought that up this is what i, I was asked by somebody from Mar somebody from big production they were like oh no it was a, it was an interview we were interviewed and they asked me they said yeah what if this goes on and becomes a, a you know a series becomes something bigger like are you excited about that i was like um yeah that'd be cool but my whole mindset was this my whole mindset was this, literally. It was just like, yeah, that's be cool. But my plan is to really, you know, go back to New York and really, I was training to be in the ministry and to do that. And that's what I, that's what I ended up doing, being a full-time minister, like leading like a congregation of people, mm -hmm. like over 200 people. But be before that, so that, that question came up of like, um, what if this becomes it? I was like, yeah, that's cool. But I got, I got, I got kind of, these are kind of big plans for me. Yeah. So I thought either or would be fine with me. Like I was I surrendered gotcha. with like, and not, you know, just, just, that's just where my, where my 
belief is, my faith is like, hey, whatever is meant, whatever I'm meant to be, wherever I'm meant to be, I'm going to do the best, the highest good. And probably maybe the highest good wouldn't be just being on a set doing this. Could be, could be. And I, I still want to do that, but, but perhaps doing it, at, you know, everything has its time. Yeah. So I don't know. That was my mindset when, no. when that was. And, and if I can just interrupt you for a second, even yesterday, you know, when I was kind of looking at our schedule, I was like, oh, I, I did not hear back from Augustine. Let me go ahead and send him a message. And I, I went to open up the email, started typing something. And I got distracted. And then I looked at my phone and you had sent me a message already. You had DM'd us. And I was like, what were the odds that at this specific minute that I was going <laughs> to, that, 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 that you were going to also, you know, be like, Hey, by the way, just following up on this. And also yeah. that it's your birthday today. And, and also the 25th anniversary. And, you know, we, we don't need to dive into spiritualism or anything, but yeah. I just, I think when things are meant to be, they're meant to be. And one oh, thing about generation X though, that I don't understand, and this is me being an angry fanboy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go for it. Why, why didn't it get picked up? I, I feel well, I, I everyone think... was talking about it. And we know from past mem- uh, cast members, you guys were on hold with your contracts in case it would have been yeah, turned into. Yeah, so kind of, well, I know that I heard later on, this is so funny that it was later on. It was after the fact, after it came off, there was some kind of, there was a Generation X cartoon, right? At some point, wasn't there? Well, that, it never came to fruition. There was some. There was something that people said. Oh, this became, or it was not, not Generation X, maybe X Men cartoon. So there was an X Men cartoon in '92, and then you guys did uh, the Generation X movie in '96. In like 1999, there was a pitch for a Generation X cartoon, but it never came to fruition. And then in 2000, there was X Men Evolution. Okay, and that was a cartoon. And that was a cartoon. Yeah, I remember seeing some kind of cartoon yeah. that happened. And it was oh, very, wow. it, and they were very young. It, it, it mirrored you yeah. guys. And, and, and people were, um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I didn't, I, I have, we have no idea. We have no idea. People have, they have, because company, you know, studios have various projects mm-hmm. and for different reasons, you know, they, they like, well, this is going to work. That's going to, you know, let's do this for, yeah, let's, let's put that on yeah. the side, on the back burner. Who knows? Who knows the reasons? But it, it, it worked out, and that it did you was not not meant to be. So. It wasn't. You're you're absolutely right. It wasn't meant to be. And we can and, do it now. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, wait. I do have a question about that later on. But immediately following the movie, did people recognize you? Did they stop you on the street and they were like, "Hey, skit"? Yeah, yeah. Some people, some people would, yeah. At, at times, they would like they would remember little bits and pieces. They might that or the Richard Gere film or, or some of the other TV stuff. But but yeah, Generation X, especially if people are like comic book fans, they know they have that tattoo. Well, yeah, mind. that's that's you what know? I was specifically referred to. The, the comic book fans were like, "Oh my god," you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and yeah, even what we wanted. Couple, Sorry, go. Uh-huh. No, no, that happened a couple of times. It was like, oh my gosh, you're scared. <laughs> well, because I feel the next day at school, you know, at my little school in Miami, we had our X-Men trading cards and we were talking about the movie and we were talking about the White Queen and Jubilee and Skin. Um, and and did it follow the comic book and, and what was different and, and how was it different? Uh-huh. They, they really, you know what though, like as you're saying that, 
I know things happen for different reasons. I'm not upset about it, but they really could have capitalized on that. Having that, not, I don't know, maybe not. Because from what I understand, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. So, because a friend of mine told me, I had to be told, like, <laughs> it was the first Mar- Marvel movie. Generation I, X was the first, meaning TV, but it's the, it was the technically the first. It was the first live action X-Men. There were there were some other Marvel stuff. I don't know where other things fall into timeline because Spider-Man had like a television show in the 70s, a live action television show. And then and they did a seven, or excuse me, and they did a Fantastic Four movie. I'm not quite sure that never got released. I'm not quite sure when that was filmed. But you guys with the X-Men, which was the largest property Marvel had after the Jim Lee relaunch in the 90s. There was nothing bigger than the X-Men in the comic book world. You guys got there first. It's mind-boggling, is it? <laughs> you guys set the stage for what eventually would come with the X-Men movies. And I don't know if you've seen the X-Men movies, but one, you're, they use the same mansion for the school. Yeah, I, know. yeah I remember seeing it like, oh, wow, Two. that was exactly like it. I didn't know it was the exact same one. But. Two, the <laughs> intro for... The, the movie which talks about mutants and it defines mutants is what you guys had. Yes, I know. I know. I remember watching it going like, man, that could have been us. <laughs> I could have been somebody. Well, I think if it was Marvel today, you guys would have been brought over to, you know, to the X-Men movies because if, I don't know if you're following with what Marvel is doing today, but Marvel, yeah. you know, has the movies, but now they have on Disney plus they're bringing in, other characters and and they can cross over between the movies and the tv shows like elizabeth olsen right now is a scarlet witch you know she's starting in wandavision she was in the avengers movies now she has her own tv show but she's going back to the movies and they're trying to create that much larger universe the next movie elizabeth olsen's going to be in is going to be dr strange 2 and it's called multiverse of madness and everyone is particularly excited about this because Dr. Strange is going to open up, presumably, this is just speculation. Dr. Strange is going to open up the multiverse and different versions of characters that we've seen in the past can, are going to come in. So my question for, I think I know the answer to this. My question for you is, if Dr. Strange opened up a portal, would you, if you were approached by Marvel and they were like, man, we want to get skin here. We want to have that Generation X representation would you would you be willing to join the multiverse of marvel i'd have to think about it of course are you kidding me (laughs) (laughs) you had me there for a second oh my gosh are you kidding me are you kidding it's like we're all we're all here man we're all here ready like this is just and again the exact to have imagine to have the exact same actors and characters from the tv would be like well because again capitalizing on the following like yeah. it's there like it's there so yeah we gotta we gotta put i'm, I'm gonna call i'm gonna talk to a few of my friends well you know Let's listeners listeners as you know we are on the hunt for amaryllis m and there's so many people who are will you help us out please help us out no signal something Something, you know, we, we were able to find the rest of the cast members that, that we couldn't really locate, but there are so many, and to give you all some context, there are organizers 
ourselves included, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Augustine, like us included, that that want to make sure we properly celebrate this movie. But in order to do that, we, we definitely want Amaryllis, who played M. M is such a yeah. big character in the comics. She's a big character right now in the relaunch of the X-Men. So please, listeners, if you know where she's at, if you have any leads, let us know. We'll make you a creative consultant. <laughs> We're going to make this happen. Now, now, what month is the actual, it's this whole year that I know the 20, you know, 2021, the 25th anniversary. So just this year. Can you tell me what it was like to work with Amaryllis? She was so, she was, she embodied the character and she was so smart. Oh, was, and speaking of cool. representation ahead of its time, she was ahead of her time. Yeah. Yeah. She's, you know, just beautiful person, beautiful, beautiful girl. Right. It's obvious. <laughs> State the obvious, but just, uh, she was just so much, again, we had so much fun. We had a black, it was like, we were really those students in, in that class. And that like, we were just really enjoying ourselves, each other's uh, uh, company. And we all totally just hit it off and got along really well. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. She just, she just, she's talented. She's just, yeah. You know, working with Bumper. I know Bumper did a has done a bunch of stuff afterwards. You know, the the Michael Jackson movie. What? Yeah. Like, you know, he's very talented. I was never surprised when I would see them later on and stuff. Heather, I was just like, I was, you know, because um, well, that, Heather was. You all just went on to do such incredible work, and even someone like Randall, who is here, like, you know what? Acting really wasn't my journey. However, I'm a good photographer. I mean, he didn't say that. I, I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth. But he, he, uh-huh. he started doing photography and he was so prodigious and he has a book out now. So it was all just really great. Special guest star. No. Special Who? guest. <laughs> Listeners, if you're listening to the podcast, he has the Toy Biz Generation X skin figure. Look at that. Yo, that when I found that at Toys R Us, when I found that figure, you don't understand. I forgot when those figures were released, but I found them all. It was like Christmas. It was like Christmas. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Did someone give you that figure? Yes. Yes. I had a friend. um, uh, I forgot who gave it to me, but they had their son had the figure. And, uh, and so I had it in the in the box like for for years and years, and it kind of fell off the wall, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this this friend of ours from my church, they uh, Manuel, gosh, is um, I go over and they're like, "Look, this is you!" And then he throw it on the floor and step on it. I'm like, "You're like respect yeah. that, respect that, <laughs> respect that." The way I describe it to people, like, just it is one of the highlights of like one of the positive, uplifting, positive characters i got to do to play a latino superhero like i'm like wow it was just how how amazing is that like it's so how great. often do you see that how often do you hello <laughs> i know it's only now that we're starting to see the multitude of different heroes and people wanting to see them but back in the 90s you didn't man and again it just spoke a lot to someone like me who was this little this little cubanito who was just like my mom called me Papito, you know, I talked to my abuela. I just, 
I never thought about it until I got older and I started seeing that performance. And I was like, yeah, you're more conscious of aware of the world and how the world works and how, how it is and, and, and how it can be. Yeah. And how it can be, but it was such a great movie. You've gone on to do such incredible things as you were talking about with your ministry, but you also mentioned yesterday you started a radio show. Yeah. Well, I am actually, this is, look what happened. Um, during the, um, during the pandemic right now, during quarantine, I started working on a, uh, with, with an actor writer group. We kind of formed this, this group and uh, we've been producing our own work. And that's been really cool. I didn't start the radio. She was already existing. Gail, Gail Scott Keys, Entertainment Now, um, Tap the Mic Radio. So she's a, she's been a news anchor. She's been on television. She knows a lot of people in the industry. Super humble. We met through a friend from a friend of you know through a friend of a friend, and um, she had me as a as a as a as a guest. She interviewed me. We had a few conversations, we hit it off from then, and she invited me to be a guest host. I'm like, yeah, it'd be awesome. And then since then, we've been able to just work together and, and interview. So I'm co-hosting that show with her. So here we are, you know, talking to people. I'm meeting like Evelyn Champagne King, you know, husband Freddie Fox, Grammy Award winning, like legendary people in the industry, right? Robert Bell from Cool in the Gang. Cool from Cool in the Gang. Like, like what? Like how cool is that? Uh, <laughs> That's and, awesome. Uh, and and so 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 meeting uh, uh yeah meeting a whole bunch of folks. Um, gosh, it's been it's been a blast. So how, that, that's what I'm. Yeah. How does the acting scene in New York differ from LA, even from Canada? What what would you say is the best thing about being an actor in New York? <laughs> What's the best thing? <laughs> I, I, Small I apartments. <laughs> no, yeah, we get we. It's cozy. No, <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's small. It it, it it's very it's compact. Small. Very small. <laughs> New York. <laughs> I just feel like the hustle. Even being an auctioneer in New York is so different than anywhere else because the amount of hustle we do. I think there's just you know you have to fight for what you have here, like in a very yeah, aggressive yeah, sense. Yeah, it's very aggressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say you know it keeps a fire under your butt. I feel like <laughs> I feel like in New. I'm serious, right? And in New York City, like here's the thing: it could be you could be busy anywhere, really. Especially now, we realize we could be. Oh wow, we're going to be on, you know, uh, right now, virtual. Like we're in each other's. You're in your home or your studio. I'm here in my studio, and <laughs> I'm hard at work, as you can see. <laughs> so, so, but, but, but you, you. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of activity. There's a lot of happening. You know, New York City is New York City. I, I grew up. I'm born and raised in Manhattan. I'm in Manhattan right at this moment. So there's even now. There's a lot going on even in this environment even in this climate um yeah cold outside climate literally it's but but there's always activities it's the center of the world you know so as far as entertainment as far as theater as far as far as as far as shooting stuff I mean, we've been able to shoot things during this time you know safely you know wisely but we've been able to still get stuff done um so new york city is very stimulating there are a lot of places that are stupid. And I, here's the thing. I consider this is always home. I'm from here. But I've lived over 14 years 
in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. Lived in you know Hollywood, North 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 Carolina, no, uh, NoHo, North Hollywood, and you know downtown LA. And um, man, I was a building manager in downtown LA. I gotta tell you, I got some Whoa. stories. I <laughs> my car at one point. So we've done a lot of great things since uh, <laughs> Generation X. I, we've I love rags to riches, back to rags. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you describing the, the life of, a, of an actor? What? It's right. Exactly. People it's, never... it's, it's feast or famine. Like here mm. I am. I made you know, you make decent money doing something like Generation X or the other films I've worked on. Moon Over Miami is a TV series. I was I did. Uh, I, I did. I was just, uh, one of the main actors in that. Yeah, and, and you were one of the co-stars in Moon Over Miami for ABC. We did one season um, like you. You know, it can be really amazing. Yeah, I I think a lot of people forget when you do the gig economy, I'm gig economy, you know, I'm I'm not going to compare it to actor life at all, but I live from gig to gig. And a lot of people will say things like, well, you did so much work. You know what I mean? Like last year, you should be fine. It's like, no, I, if I don't show up to an auction, I do not get paid. If I don't have that next auction booked, I don't have work. You know, and that's why the pandemic caused a lot of anxiety for me at the beginning. However, I, like you just said, we have found ways to do things virtually or, or safely. But again, a year ago when the conversations were just starting, you're like, I, I don't know what, where's my future? And it's, you very much go, you run a high and then you hit a low and then it, you know, it fluctuates. Yeah. I you love have- your perspective. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 very you know, you know what it is, and again, I, I think again, you, you make your opportunity, create your door, make your opportunities. Just really, and 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 a time like this really has had people. It kind of forces you to do that. People have to be creative. Like when I'm outside and people are selling like lunch or a bar, you know, shish kebab or like, I do my best to like, I want to support people, especially during a time like this, there's certain people that they don't, they can't work from home. That's not the nature of what they do. So, so, so here we are wanting to, I, I do my best to support anyone I can who's out there trying to hustle and, and do their thing. Um, and yeah, you said gig economy it goes from its hand to mouth. Right. And that's why I'm so glad I have my own business doing health and wellness so, so that's always been my passion and who I am, like on and off, by the way, outside of this, in the fitness and health world, I've been, you know, on and off for many years, teaching nutrition, exercise, martial arts, self-defense. So that's been my world. And I've been able to do that for a living. And as you know, as an actor, you got to do your, as an artist, you do your gig to do your craft, what you want to yeah. do. So, so I, uh, you know, so I don't know for you, is it auctioneering is one thing. How did you get into it? Now I'm going to interview you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take how it. Did, how did you, how did you get into there? How, how for you, is it something that's just a side gig and you want to eventually do what yeah. we're doing now, like interviewing or. Cause I, yeah. I, I, I've not met you. are The first auctioneer I've met. <laughs> so awesome. the what. The way it kind of worked out, I graduated from FSU and I got a job at Marvel Comics and I was in their publishing department uh, for, for a bit there. And then I went to Wizard Magazine, which was a comic book magazine, and I was freelance writing. And, you know, the writing sort of evolved into a career in book editing. I came under the good graces of a poet here in New York called Lucas Hunt. 
and he's sort of known as a gentleman's poet. And one day I, I was at Harper Collins a couple of years ago and he just called me up and he was here like, you know, I'm starting this auctioneering thing. Would you be interested in it? And I was like, auctioneering, like, like cattle, like, <laughs> thanks, you know, hang up. I'm like, I'm not doing that. But he was here like, no, man, like this is, he, I'm going to actually say his words. Oh, no, baby. Come to my gig tonight. <laughs> oh, no, baby. This oh, no, like baby. Come to right. my gig tonight. And it was this benefit at the Brooklyn Park Conservatory. And it, uh, there must have been like 800 people there, Augustine. Like, it was, it was insane. And he got on stage. And it wasn't the traditional, you know, that deep. It wasn't that deep murmur you typically associate with auctioneering. It was more of hosting, getting the crowd, making them feel good. It's the English style of auctioneering where it's wit over speed. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you raise your paddles and everything. And it was just so wonderful. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, you go slowly. Exactly like that. You're going to go like, I have the gentleman on top at 1250. Am I, I'm looking for 1300 right now. 1300 is the new, you know, bid in the room, whatever, you know, you say in the moment. And I just, I loved it so much. And so I started doing it as kind of like a side hustle. And it came to a point where I started thinking about my life and what I wanted. The work kept me on the road, was starting to keep me on the road more and more. And I still had the obligation of a nine to five job. And, 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 you know, I don't have a particularly unique story in that regard. It's a, it was a dead end job. And I was working so hard for a company that wasn't my own and, and, and sort of having to work on books and edit books that weren't my own. And, and even marketing campaigns that I couldn't execute the way I wanted to. And auctioning gave me a confidence and I kept getting booked more and more to the point that, you know, and I, I, this isn't a testament to how much I make as an auctioneer. It's a testament to how little I made working in publishing. In one auction, I made more than an entire month at Harper. And I was getting booked for like six, seven auctions a month, you know, and I was just like, you know what? Goodbye. You know, like it, it, this is what I want to do. And right. for, I think three years, I was three years ago, dude, my work only got better and better. And, and up until the, I was working until the day before lockdown. And typically when you're doing auctions, benefit auctions, the season doesn't begin until March and you sort of have December, January, and February off. I was doing gigs and we, we offer a lot more than just auctioning. We're like hosts, we're MCs. We do some voiceover. I don't, I don't personally do a voiceover work, but um, some of the auctioneers in our firm do. do. I, I was just very grateful and very happy. And, and even now it's been a struggle, you know, it's not easy. You know, but I, I, I would, there's nothing else I'd rather do. I hope that kind of answered the question. Sorry. <laughs> so just hearing you speak, man, like, I just feel like you, you're wise beyond your, your years and you just have like a good, you just have a good outlook and it's so refreshing. You're what you're, you're definitely one of the favorite guests. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, wow. Thanks. Uh, do, you have a, no, <laughs> do you have a message for the fans? Thanks. Thanks. Paul. Do I have a message for the fans? Okay, here's a tip. Don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> no, I, I don't have any specific. <laughs> I'm just, uh, do I have a message for the fans? Wow, I'm so, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that, uh, so, okay, these are, I've encountered different fans, by the way, 
mm-hmm. online. Like I, like I, I, you know, I saw all these different comments and you know the videos that's been on the different scenes from generate from from TV movie that's mm-hmm. on YouTube and or I post a scene or I post a picture and people were like, I'll see things that aren't necessarily directed toward me or toward, but it's just like, yeah, it's different. It wasn't, you know, what happened with those guys and the special effects were kind of bad. So people expect a lot and people are like, it wasn't the same as the comic book. And some people are really grateful. And are like, wow, it's so cool. That really meant a lot to me and really, you know, really excited like yourself be like, wow, this was like really cool. How at least we see it, we see it come to fruition and become a reality. Yeah. My message is that, uh, I'm I'm grateful that 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 you're enjoying it that it meant something to you. I would love to be I'll I'll I'll, I'll send um give you my contact info and love to hear from some people. And again, the message is this: <laughs> help us find Amaryllis. Please, we need to find. Amaryllis. <laughs> the search maybe, for M. Movie deal right now. So that is my message. Is <laughs> like. No, I know that people can, and it, it makes me think too. Like I know people in the industry definitely want to make the most of this time to have fun, enjoy it for what it is. But yeah, let's let's keep let's keep going, let's keep creating. And um, but I would love to. I'm grateful for people's support and their their enthusiasm. And I would love to hear personally. It's always satisfying. You feel you don't realize like, oh wow, this meant this much to you in your life. Yeah. Like for you, Paul, being that here you are growing up in Miami you know, Latino young man. And then you see like this depiction of yeah. a Latin superhero, like yes. Latin, right? It's just like, what? So, so that's really cool to hear because we don't, I don't hear too much of those. I don't hear, you don't hear the yeah. feedback. You don't realize what it meant to someone. And, and they'll, they'll see falling down, you know, with Michael Douglas to like, oh, I love that man. I love it because yeah. I feel just like that. I just want to like, you know, just blast everyone. I'm like, okay, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of zeal right there. <laughs> no, but, but, but I'm grateful. I'm glad to grateful hear that, man. For, for, for the support, for the, for the excitement, for the enthusiasm. And that means a lot for, again, for us, right. For all of us who are, and, and, and yeah. And Paul, for you, I mean, it's because you're a fan, because it meant something to you because you're into Marvel and, and then now you, you created opportunity. You created a door to, to bring this to other people. Oh so yeah. Very man. generous. What you did, it, it, it's going to bring it out to a lot of folks and, and uh, create, you created something and, Oh, I love your shirt. Is that uh, your- well, I, I haven't had a chance to show it. Check Get it out. out of here. Look at that. That's oh Sergio. God. Sergio at X-Men fan. Yeah, I'll send you a photo. But look, check it out. Um, where are you? You're right there, man. Right there. Right there. I see yeah. it. The great, the only great guy. <laughs> where can I ask you, where, where can fans find you on social media? Okay. Uh, let me just send my, I'll send my, I'm on Facebook. I got a couple of, might be confusing on Facebook. But on Instagram, right, it's Agustin.nyc. This is how you spell it. It's very, be very careful because people misspell it all the time. I, I, I use a Augustine. So I use an, an, anyway, I throw people off with my pronunciation. It's A-G-U-S-T-I-N dot N-Y-C on, you know, on Instagram. You'll find me there. And um, we slid and also, into your DMs. 
and my D slide into the DM. Also, my 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 Gmail. My you can send me. It's the it's the aside from smoke signals. It's the slowest way to reach me, but I will be reached. You put something in the subject. Um, um, a Gen X fan. How about that? In case you know you want to reach out to me, my email is a g u s t i n dot n y c at gmail dot com. So that's me. I'm in the process of fixing all up my social, so it's all like you know uniform yeah. and consistent, especially with the radio show and all of what we're doing. So I'm gonna have a better uh, better hold of that. Like we'll have a site and all that where you could like you know. But so far, best way to you know. DM me so thanks. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's you've been very generous. 